Morning, everyone. Welcome to God's house today for worship and a happy Father's Day to all of our fathers. Speaking of fathers, our Heavenly Father is always at work shaping his people, shaping his family for glory. And he sends us earthly fathers who mirror that, who do the same for their individual families, who shape their families and ready them to meet their Heavenly Father. Order of service is found in your worship folder and on screen. At this time, let's begin with our opening hymn, 609. Please stand. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. We have come into the presence of God who created us to love and serve him as his dear children. But we have disobeyed him and deserve only his wrath and punishment. Therefore, let us confess our sins to him and plead for his mercy. Merciful Father in heaven, I am altogether sinful from birth. In countless ways I have sinned against you and do not deserve to be called your child. But trusting in Jesus, my Savior, I pray, have mercy on me according to your unfailing love. Cleanse me from my sin and take away my guilt. God, our Heavenly Father, has forgiven all of your sins by the perfect life and innocent death of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's removed your guilt forever. You are his own dear child. 
May God give us all strength to live according to his will. Amen. Amen. In the peace of his forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. Father, bless all earthly fathers as they seek to fulfill the calling you've entrusted to them. Give them loving hearts and sound judgment to exercise godly family leadership. Help them to bring up their children in the training and instruction of the Lord. In loving Christian fathers, may children see reflections of you, the Father whose love for us is perfect and complete. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. First lesson is from Proverbs chapter 6. Fathers shape the family, and they're a reflection of their heavenly father when they shape the family with God's instruction. And where you have families like that, kids, listen up. You read, My son, keep your father's command. And do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them always on your heart. Fasten them around your neck. When you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will speak to you. For this command is a lamp. This teaching is a light. And correction and instruction are the way to life. The word of the Lord. We continue with Psalm 127.
second lesson for today is from Hebrews chapter 12. In line with the first lesson, children don't always listen up, do they? And they get a little stubborn. Maybe they roll their eyes. Maybe they get a little bucky. Which is why fathers shape the family by bringing loving discipline to that family in line with God's word too. We read, Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good, in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. The word of the Lord. stand for the gospel. Gospel lesson is from Matthew chapter 2. Now, now children, there's a little secret here too for you to know about your fathers and mothers. Is it how they hold you accountable to the word of God? You get to hold them accountable to the word of God too. And we hear in the gospel lesson how Joseph shaped his family by being obedient to the word of God and carrying out the will of God. We read, When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. The Gospel of our Lord. Please be seated for the hymn.
grace and peace are yours from God our Father, who loves you, your brothers and sisters. There are all sorts of things in this place that meet the criteria of our theme, the theme for the sermon. There are all sorts of things here that are, that are not what you think. And because many of you are wonderfully used to coming here, I, I think it's important that we don't miss the significance of what we're used to from what's around us. What's the biggest thing here that's not what you think? First and foremost, it's the cross, right before your eyes. I mean, that is a horrific thing. It's a tool and instrument designed to kill gruesomely, to take somebody's life in one of the most painful ways possible, and yet this is what's front and center and paraded before your eyes and everybody's eyes Sunday after Sunday, anytime you come here. Why? Because it's not what you think. Certainly it is a tool of death. But on that cross is what your heavenly father, what he put Jesus on. And the punishment that he gave to his son to forgive us. To take the punishment away that was rightfully ours. That horrific tool of destruction and death that the Romans invented is actually, when we look at it, it's not what we think. It's the most incredible grace that none of us can measure the depths of. At the same time, we get to think of exactly how hard God was on Jesus to make that happen for us. I hope you begin to see there's meaning in the discipline, in the hardship, in the hurt, in the punishment that was put on Jesus. It wasn't for nothing. It wasn't wasted. It, it wasn't God doing something to Jesus to have his way with him or to make sport of him. It, it, it wasn't for nothing. When you look at that, God says that was for good. And it still to this day is bringing about a harvest. And that's not the only thing in this room that's not what you think. We could go right over here. This is not what you think. This is not just simple washing. This is not bath time. And this is not wasted on infants and babies and little children. God does a miracle here. This, this is not what you think either. This is not just words and nice things and a little pep talk that we're having today. This is not a lecture. This is not even a lecture hall. Jesus said his words are spirit and they are life. And he shapes us by it. So whether the sermon is stellar or whether you had to pinch yourself to pay attention, whether the person next to you was singing on key with the last hymn or was way off, whether the person behind you remembered to brush their teeth after breakfast or they have the worst coffee breath, the, the point of the writer to the Hebrews is to endure. Take this to heart. Whatever's going on around you, take it to heart and grow through it. 
done yet. There's one more really big thing here in this room that is not what you think. Do you know what it is? It's you. Do you know who you are? Notice I didn't ask, do you know who you think you are? Whether you, you feel completely deflated right now, whether you think God must be against you because he's been really hard on you, or, or God must be your enemy with all of the things that are going on, and why me, and woe is me. And That's not what I asked, who you think you are, or who Satan has tempted you or deceived you to think you are something less. Do you know who you are to God? Because the way this room is decorated every single time you come, God wants to let you know completely where you stand with him. He says, God is treating you as his children. This whole room is set up so that you know you are a child of God. This baptismal font is what made it so. And it says so. This pulpit is what declares it to be so on the basis of Jesus Christ and his work Sunday after Sunday. And that crosses the horrific place where God made it happen, where he did that terrible work to pay for sin and made all of this to be so. You see, you are not what Satan makes you think you are. You are not what discipline and hardship makes you think you are, that, that you're on the outs, that you're something awful and terrible. You've been washed and made a member of the family of believers. You've been forgiven in the cross of Jesus Christ, justified. You are not an outsider. You are not a stranger or a foreigner. You are a brother to Jesus Christ. And this pulpit lets you hear that again and again, Sunday after Sunday, God loves you. He's your father. You are his child. I want you to know that doesn't change in 30 minutes when you leave this house. The status you have in Jesus Christ the forgiveness of sins, this incredible relationship between you and your father, it doesn't change when you leave this house and go play outside in the world the rest of the week. No matter what comes your way, good or bad, and I know we had simple little things in here, but there are some horrific things that are happening to some of you. Terrible things going on in your life, struggles that you have with health or with whatever, other things in life, at the job, with maybe family, no matter what's happening outside in the world, this relationship with your father does not stop. God is treating you as his children. That's actually not technically correct. The, the Greek word in this passage, the, the first word in a passage gets the primary significance. And the first word in this sentence is sons. Not sons and daughters, not even children, the way the NIV has it and the way that's written in your bulletin. It actually says sons God is treating you as. Well, well, why wouldn't it say children? Why wouldn't it say sons and daughters? It seems like we're leaving out half the world. Well, just keep in mind back in Roman times, sons had the standing in the family. Sons received the inheritance. And so what a significant thing God is certainly saying to sons today 
But what an especially significant thing then that he's also saying to daughters today, that daughters, ladies, women, God is going to treat you exactly as the boys. You get the exact same standing in his family. You have the exact same inheritance coming your way. God is treating all of you as he would a son. Now maybe some of you grew up in an imbalanced family where your parents gave preferential treatment to a sibling. And that was really frustrating for you growing up. And maybe to this day you're still just a little bit embittered by that. Maybe some of you today, when you hear the terms punishment or even spanking, maybe you recoil a little bit because you had maybe strict parents. And maybe at times they were too strict with you from your perspective. God's not like that. The writer to the Hebrews, that's the exact point that he's making, that, that no matter what hardship comes your way, no matter what hurt, no matter what punishment, whatever term we're going to use here, no matter what discipline, it's not what you think. God is treating you as his children. And, and don't you think he understands? The writer certainly did. He understands because he made you in your inmost being. He knows that to receive a spanking is going to sting. He knows how certain words or tough words or phrases could certainly sting the soul and maybe it comes with embarrassment and maybe there comes a little bit of shame. God certainly understands the soul and the human psyche. He understands that we might be really frustrated by some things that he sends in our life. But just like your earthly parents understand kids and they know and they strive to do what is best knowing the big picture of the family your heavenly father knows everything he sees the huge big picture and your heavenly father is not sinful like your earthly parents he's holy and perfect and he always does what is best even for you even if it doesn't feel like it to you at the time, even if you don't agree with it. God's hope is that you would endure. God's hope is that you would take it to heart and that in time and over time, you would see exactly what Jesus did in his cross, that you would see the things that God sends your way. They're not pointless. They're not meaningless. They're not ridiculous. They're not for nothing. God is not making sport of you. He's shaping you. He's training you. He's molding you for glory. I want you to take a look at what's going on around the United States right now. Because... This is what happens when discipline is withheld. You're starting to see it more and more today. People don't want to deal with hurt. They don't want to accept hurt or discipline or even punishment. Everybody should feel good today. Everybody should have whatever they want to have, even if it's really ridiculously wrong. And so you have parents today wanting to be friends with their kids instead of be parents with their kids. It is hard to discipline. 
And that phrase that your parents say, children, this will hurt me more than it will hurt you, you will understand that one day. Or how about in the schools? Because I keep hearing story after story about how when kids are misbehaving, there are no consequences for those children. And so when there are no consequences, it becomes incentivized to misbehave all the more and to keep pursuing these things. Or how about moms and dads who aren't getting along and maybe start to pursue divorce and they don't have grounds for it, and so the whole household is upset, and then Hollywood portrays these movies of of kids know way more than the parents. Mom and dad don't have their act together, and so they should go to their kids for the answers. And then moms and dads are starting to try to win their kids over by bribing them, each paying them different adventures, different fun things in life, different toys. And the whole thing is upset and upside down. That's not God. If God ever withheld discipline, if God ever treated people like that and stopped doing what he needs to do, uh, the writer is very strong in this. He says, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Do you know what it means to be not legitimate? It means to be illegitimate. Do you know what an illegitimate child is? A child born out of wedlock? A child born without a father? There's a strong word in English for that that I can't say in a sermon. But that's exactly the Greek word that's used here. Where discipline is withheld by God, where discipline is rejected by children, foolish children, then he is not your father. But he is your father. And you're his children. And he loves you, which is why he disciplines. When God sends discipline, it's for two reasons. It's for correcting and it's for directing. When God sends discipline, one of the primary things is he's helping me to recognize there's sin in my life. There's something that I've overlooked here, something sinful, some sinful baggage I have, and I just haven't recognized it. And so he's helping me to see that, to work through it, to turn away from it, to repent, and to turn back to the cross and to trust him. I don't need this baggage in my life. I don't need sin in my life like this. Neither do you. And so that discipline helps us work through these things by correcting us. The second thing godly discipline does is it directs us. You see, God is leading us to live a holy life. God is leading us to emulate him, to look like him, to be like him, to be conformed to his image. And so in this world, he wants us to look like spiritually exactly who he is. And that's exactly what the writer said. So that we may share in his holiness. And so God directs us in this life by discipline to improve us. So it may not be for a sinful reason that God sends discipline, but for a godly reason, no, no less. I was doing a personal devotion this last week, and I came across a, a Swedish legend about a rider on horseback who <clears throat> was riding at night, and he started riding across a frozen lake, and he knew what he was doing, but what he didn't realize is that it was a barely frozen lake. 
And so that rider on horseback made it all the way across at night, across this barely frozen lake, unbeknownst to him, and he made it to the other side, and he met somebody and told that person what he had done, and that person responded by saying, don't you realize that lake is barely frozen? So the person informed him of what he had done. That man was mortified. He got down off of his horse, and he looked back at all of the steps where he had just come from and realized how with every single one he could have died. As you look back at your footsteps, look carefully. Because it's not what you think. Look carefully. Because your Heavenly Father has been with you his child correcting and directing, guiding and shaping, helping you avoid and, gu and guide you to where exactly you need to go safely to be to this day. It's not thin ice that supported you in life. It's your loving Heavenly Father who's been there with you every step of the way. Because you're not done yet. Because you're not to heaven yet. As his child baptized, justified, and proclaimed by the gospel that he loves you as his child, he will continue to guide you. Even if it's not what it looks like. He will guide you with loving discipline every step of the way to your heavenly home. That's his job. Amen. Please stand. May the peace of God which surpasses our understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We join in the, in the creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Lord God, our maker and preserver, we praise and thank you for all that you give us day after day. You have given us your precious word to nourish our souls and to protect us from the temptations of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature. Heavenly Father, we pray that you shield us from every kind of danger, sudden catastrophe, terrors of crime, and the pain of disease. Watch over those who travel by land, sea, and air. Keep our loved ones from whatever perils may threaten them.
Bless our land, our people, and those who hold offices of high trust. Keep our government and schools upright and strong for the advancement of good citizenship and useful vocations, that we may enjoy your gifts of peace, security, and well-being. We pray on behalf of those who are celebrating ministry anniversaries. Thank you for the ministry, faithful that they've done so far, and continue to bless them as they go forward, faithfully serving you. We also ask you to bless Courtney Greenwald and Derek Wagner as they're married this Saturday. Bless their preparations, their wedding day, and especially their coming marriage. We also present and before you Dick and Janice Stelb this uh, Tuesday, June 20th. They will be married 53 years. Thank you for their wonderful years, keeping them together. Bless their love for each other, and especially their love for you. And now hear us, Lord, as we bring you our private petitions. bring these requests before you in the name of Jesus our Lord and we ask you to hear us. Take all that we have, our bodies and minds, our time and skills, our ministries and offerings and use them to your glory. And we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated for the hymn.
please stand for prayer. Almighty God, we thank you for teaching us the things you want us to believe and do. Help us by your Holy Spirit to keep your word in pure hearts, that we may be strengthened in faith, guided in holiness, and comforted in life and in death. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Brothers and sisters, go in peace. Live in harmony with one another and serve your Lord with gladness. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Please be seated for the hymn. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to all of you again. Special welcome to guests and visitors. Love having you come. Please come worship with us again. Number of announcements for you. Next Sunday, we're going to have a voters meeting after second service. The information and details are in the bulletin. Uh, also approve the budget for the next year. So that's pretty important. Bible class is going to be in the sanctuary today. Mr. C, I believe you have that. 
work and the description is in the bulletin as well. Uh, the new principal we have, uh, Michael Weeding and his wife Melissa, they are moving this week Thursday. I was talking with uh, Vice President Todd Martin yesterday. He's going to put together something and send it out. I thought it was going to come out already, but uh, look for it in your email. They're looking to do cleaning about 11 a.m. So vacuuming, just general cleaning of the home before they move in. And sometime that afternoon, and I know we'll know more once the day gets closer, the nomad movers are going to come. We don't know exactly when they're going to arrive yet in the afternoon, but we know we wanted to start cleaning around 11. So there's going to be a sign-up coming for that, if any of you can help. And I know it's middle of the week, so it might be challenging, but just want to let you know about that. Then there's a, a bonfire tomorrow. That's also in the bulletin. It starts about 7 o'clock if you want to come for that. And then lastly, Eric Van Tall. Uh, I don't know if there's a microphone ready for you. That's good. Thank you. Good. Good morning. Um, perhaps you caught it in pastor's prayer, a uh, very humble prayer, I might add, um, in regards to the uh, anniversary, the ministry anniversary milestones uh, that we have, uh, three individuals that have been serving us faithfully um, and serving uh, in their ministries faithfully for, for a long time. Uh, I'd like to actually gush on them a little bit, if you will indulge me. Um, Pastor Miller has been in ministry for 20 years. Uh, with us, I think it's seven now, seven years. Boy, that goes fast. Um, I, I don't know a, uh, a more dedicated, uh, uh, fierce proponent of the gospel and mission uh, and ministry advancement. Um, he's tireless. He, uh, he's probably the one guy that I don't want to compare work weeks with because I just embarrass myself. Um, always working. Uh, and doing what, what is needed for the gospel. Um, Mr. C has been in ministry for 20 years, all 20 here at St. Paul's. Um, he also very, very tireless. Started as a teacher. Um, I think I can safely say this because all of the other teachers in his time are not here anymore. My kid's favorite teacher. <laughs> um, uh, and his, his, his call has kind of morphed as you can He's not in the teaching portion of ministry anymore. He is uh, edifying our worship services. He's uh, serving on activities committee. He's helping us out in elders. Um, just uh, a, a tremendous asset to our ministry here. And then uh, Mrs. Johnson, Dawn must have started when she was eight because somehow <laughs> she has 35 years uh, of ministry. Um, serving our children, uh, teaching them God's word and all of the other uh, subjects that, that they need to learn in school. She also puts in a tremendous amount of time in other things of, of, of uh, extracurriculars. Uh, she helps the youth choir, she does the forensics. Um, and I think you would be hard pressed to show up at any time and not see that little green car in the parking lot. <laughs> So um, with that, if you will join me in thanking them for their service to us and their service to the, the, the ministry. I wish you all God's continued blessings um, in your ministries 
and I hope that it's many, many more years with us. Any other announcements for today or the week ahead? Please greet one another. Happy Father's Day, fathers. God bless all of you. Take care.